It's the Michelle the Trainer Show with your host, Michelle the Trainer. Michelle the Trainer. MTT is Michelle the Trainer. Aloha and welcome to episode 26 of the Michelle the Trainer Show. Today's very special guest star is Heather Osgood. She's a serial entrepreneur with a passion for living outside her comfort zone and a system for continual self-improvement. She started her career in advertising sales. She learned what it meant to be a business owner. She saw the failures and successes of a zillion other business owners. Her training and knowledge in sales and marketing created a strong foundation for the development of her trade show production company, which she owned for over nine years and just recently sold. The sale of that business and the knowledge that she gained from the highs and lows of operating that company allowed her to intimately experience the challenges that every entrepreneur faces, wanting to do too much with too little money and too little time. Struggling through the Great Recession in business allowed her to learn valuable skills about what really matters in the success of an organization. She and her husband have owned a haircutting business for nine years. She's also a business coach. She has a weekly podcast called Leap to Grow. Her determination to succeed in business, coupled with her love of people and desire to encourage others to perform at their peak potential, motivate and totally drives her daily. Heather has just launched True Native Media, a company specializing in partnering podcasters with advertisers. That's why we're here today to talk about monetizing podcasts and blogs. She lives by the motto, leap and the net will appear. Good morning. It's the Michelle the Trainer Show. You know who I am. Today we welcome my very special guest star, Heather Osgood, calling in from Morro Bay, California. If you haven't been there, it's like fantastic. Anyway, uh, Heather works at True Native Media and she is going to teach us about how to monetize with advertising or sponsorship, blogs, and podcasts. Welcome, Heather. Michelle, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. Hey, so tell me everything. (laughs) Tell (laughs) you everything. So if you are listening to this podcast, I am guessing that you love podcasts just as much as I do. And um, the reason that I'm here talking to you today about how to monetize your podcast and blog is because I believe that there are lots and lots of people out there who are doing wonderful things with their podcasts and really getting out some wonderful dynamic content and unfortunately, a lot of people have a really hard time monetizing the work that they do. I was actually talking with a friend of mine this morning who's been podcasting for four years, and um, he wow. is wonderful at what he does. He produces excellent programs, but yet monetization is still something he struggles with. And I think it's something that a lot of people in this kind of space really struggle with. So I, I'm here to talk to you guys a little bit today about how to monetize your podcasts and blogs. I think it's fantastic because it's also just time, you know, when you're trying to find good content and have like, this is our interesting interview. I always want to have an interesting interview for my interesting audience. You know, it's just time. It's, you know, 
know, sometimes you have a list of people that you want to approach and there's no time to approach them. So what do you suggest and what are some of the issues that you see with this and maybe some stories, Heather? Sure. Yeah. So when we think about it, I think you just hit the nail on the head, Michelle. I mean, time is a huge issue. And if you or somebody, and, and really, um, we could apply this to anything that you're doing in life. Obviously, we're talking specifically about podcasts um, and blogs today. But when you've got so much going on in life, it's very difficult sometimes to prioritize something that you know, let's be honest, you're probably really not all that good at, you're not very experienced at doing. And so it can feel very foreign to you. So you kind of put it at the bottom of your list and you say, gosh, I'm going to do this someday. I'm going to get it done. Um, I was talking with a a podcaster last night and she said, it's my goal this year to make $7,000 on my podcast. And she's like, it's been on my to-do list a long time and it keeps falling lower and lower on the priority list. And the reason is, is because it's something that is very foreign to her. And My experience in just dealing with people in general is that we tend to gravitate toward the things that we know we're really good at and the things that make us feel accomplished. And oftentimes when you're a business owner, we gravitate toward doing this that we like to do and we end up not doing the things that we should be doing that would really help move the business forward and the uncomfortable work. Yes, 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 absolutely. And it's just totally human nature. I mean, why would we do something that was uncomfortable for us? We want to do the things that we enjoy doing. A lot of times the idea of approaching someone and asking them for something can be very uncomfortable for people. So they kind of shove that down. They don't make it a priority. And the very first step is to make this a priority for yourself. So if you have a podcast or a blog, or even if you have something on your to-do list that you've, you know, it's been nagging you. And, and for me, I'm a, a list maker. I love to make lists and to-do lists. And if I have an item I that love I lists. move, <laughs> yes, they're awesome. If you keep moving an item from list to list to list, chances are, number one, um, my first suggestion is usually just to leave it on your to-do list for 30 days and not touch <laughs> it. And if you don't do anything with it in 30 days, either it's not important enough for you and you should just take it off the list. A lot of times something will resolve itself. Or you should phone a friend. (laughs) Or you should phone a friend, right? Exactly. You should find someone who can help you accomplish that because obviously there are some blocks for you in doing that. But when you've got that item and, and for a lot of people, it is making that step to say, okay, I am committed to getting an advertiser or a sponsor on my podcast. And the first important step is you have to step out of your comfort zone and just do it. And and a big part of it is just picking up the phone, right? You just have to pick up the phone and make the call. You just have to send the email. If you are able, I always highly recommend going in in person um, because that also can make a huge connection um, and contact for you. If you're at a conference, you know, walk up to that person's booth and talk to them. Making that initial contact is often the hardest part of the process. That's awesome. I mean, and also it's not like we grew up with blogs and podcasts, right? So if people are uncomfortable doing this, it's not, I mean, now mind you, we might've gotten sponsors for other things. We might've had a event or a party where we had to go in and uh, talk to people to maybe donate food. There are different examples where I think all of us, well, most of us, especially most of us who are entrepreneurs have 
had to kind of ask for different things. And there's also a degree, of course, of rejection in any business Mm -hmm. that (laughs) never really becomes comfortable, but can become more comfortable over time. The first thing is when you're looking at who should actually advertise with your program, you want to look at companies where you genuinely believe that your listeners are going to really like that product or service, right? So for instance, I'm working with a podcast that is all about kind of the the craft drink industry. So they specialize in helping bartenders be better bartenders and make wonderfully crafted drinks. There you go. So, you know, as I'm speaking to her, we're talking about, okay, let's, let's think about the types of advertisers that would be good fit for you. And she's like, hey, you know, we really don't like synthetic products. We don't want you know, any cupcake vodka on our show, that's not a good fit. It doesn't resonate with the true nature of what it is that we create in our podcast and what we're delivering. So if you're a podcaster, think about the essence of who you are and think about the message that you're trying to convey to the world. Because the real benefit of advertising on podcasts or on blogs is that it's an endorsement from that podcaster, right? You're endorsing this product. It is. It becomes part of your personal brand. Sometimes people ask me, well, you know, is social media part of my brand or, you know, and when you are an entrepreneur, you are the face of the brand. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to really identify what companies would you feel comfortable supporting? And I think it's important to also have guidelines for yourself. If somebody contacts you and says, hey, I want to advertise on your podcast or your blog, and it's not a good fit with the message that you're trying to deliver, you need to be strong enough in your convictions to say, no, this isn't a good fit because it's really just going to break the brand down as opposed to building it up. So identifying companies that are in alignment with what your mission is or what your brand or statement is, is important. So that's really an important step to take. And then after you've done that, then it's just a matter of deciding where do these people congregate, right? Where am I going to find these people? Is it at, let's say maybe you have a quilting podcast and you talk all about how great quilting is. Well, quilting trade shows would be a really great place for you to go. Or a fabric trade show, right? Yeah. Or fabric, um, or also online forums. You know, there's, I mean, Facebook groups are one of my favorite places to hang out right now. I feel like you can make so many great connections through Facebook groups. So, um, what kind of Facebook groups are there? And actually I ran into somebody online a couple weeks ago and she recommended just finding, um, forums period. And I was so confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? What forums? And she's like, you know, just like the good old fashioned forums that we used to have before social media became so popular. So are there maybe <laughs> online chat rooms that you could join that are either Sure. Ning. With- Ning is a provider NING of all sorts of different groups. Mm-hmm. I don't sometimes understand, like maybe they don't know that Facebook exists, but anyway, um, <laughs> they are still there. I think, you know, it, it also offers a degree for a while. There wasn't that many Facebook groups and people are becoming more right. comfortable being admins for those groups. For sure. But yeah, you just want to find where those people are hanging out and then make yourself known. And as you are present in those activities, um, whether they be online or in person, you're going to find people that align well with you, other businesses that align. And then the big step is taking that, that big jump to call that 
person to make a contact, reach out in some way and to ask them. And, and this is a really important part of the process, which a lot of people miss out on. You have to actually ask them if they would like to advertise or sponsor your show. And that really opens up a dialogue for you about really getting what it is that you want from that person, which is for them to sponsor or advertise on your show so that you can monetize your product. Now, when you have approached some of the companies, and I know that you've been successful sometimes just walking into a company, how many times do they say no and then you come back later and approach it a different way and then they'll say yes? Absolutely. And I've been in sales my entire career. I've sold advertising way back on radio and newspaper. And it's such a fun experience to be able to have the podcast um, business just because it's kind of coming full circle to something that is so much more current. When you think about persistence, it pays off so, so much. And I mean, if there's one word that I think gets overlooked in business, it's persistence. And one of my very favorite stories is actually from when I owned my trade show production company, I really wanted to get this particular company to exhibit in our show. And I called the guy and I called the guy, probably called him for about a year. Mm-hmm. And um, how many calls know, do you think? Oh, I probably called him a few times a month. Nice. So, you know, I mean, I called him quite a bit. And when I finally um, was able to connect with him, the first thing he said to me was, thank you so much for calling me so frequently. I've really wanted to do your show and I've just been so busy. I haven't been able to connect with you. And I really appreciate your persistence. And I cannot tell you how many stories um, I have gotten that people have told me about how appreciative they are that I was persistent in pursuing them. Now, when we're talking about persistence, it's really important that we make sure we're coding that with the message that nobody likes to be bugged and we're not trying to Yeah, bug. we're not promoting spamming or bugging no. or no. you really have to be able to have a relationship with the person and, and under, really see, are they really too busy? Are they going to appreciate that I'm reminding them to do something that they want to do or something that will benefit them? Exactly. Because it's really not about us. It's about right. them. Absolutely. Building that relationship that two entities are in, you know, you as the business owner, podcaster, and that person is the business owner who needs to be promoted on your show or on your blog because they need that exposure as well. Right. And you hit the the nail on the head, Michelle. It's really about approaching them from a perspective of what is going to benefit them. And oftentimes when we're trying to accomplish something for our company, we come at it from this is what, you know, my company is all about. And isn't that great? And that doesn't <laughs> matter to anybody, realistically. My company's know? great. I'm great. <laughs> that's yeah. right. And yeah, that's but what... it's like, well, how does that help me? You know, exactly. It... Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So you have to always come at it from a perspective of how can you help the other person? And when you come at that, really in that mindset of service and and serving that other person, then you get a much better response. And when we're talking about podcasts and blog advertisement, what we're really doing for that person is we're allowing them to connect with customers that they really desperately want and, and need. And what we're doing is we're delivering to them an extremely targeted listener who is ultimately going to result in a targeted customer for them. What the power of podcasts really represent is that targetability. When we're looking at mass media is, yeah, maybe you reach, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in some instances, 
but it's not targeted and you can't sell something to everyone. What we're really doing in most cases in businesses is looking at who the person is that's going to purchase our product and then speaking directly to them. And that's what podcasts and blogs really provide is that super niche and targeted um, customer that is going to result in a sale for your advertiser. Sure. I mean, I still think that even though cell phones are on the rise, there's still a great percent of people who probably don't have a cell phone, though podcast listeners do have a cell phone Mm -hmm. in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Most, I I believe it's 70% of all people listen to podcasts on cell phones. So, I mean, the number is super high. When we saw the release of the iPhone, podcast listenership went way up. And with the the adoption of more and more smartphones, that listenership base is just increasing um, continually. And it's because of the presence of that item. So like you said, if you're trying to target someone If you maybe are selling an app that they need a smartphone for, hey, a podcast is a great fit because we know that they have a smartphone because chances are they're listening to the podcast on that. That's interesting for people. I think everybody has so many choices. It's not like we're just stuck watching TV with, you know, 13 channels anymore. No, absolutely. I mean, the way that we consume media, broadcast media in particular, really has changed significantly in the last five years. Sure. And it also has to do with who you know and who you like. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, now that I know you, I'm going to listen to your show. Great. Yeah. (laughs) And now that I know you, I listen to your show. So yeah, it's one of those things. And that's part of what we're looking for when we're looking for advertisers is developing relationships. Because when you have a strong relationship with someone, and that's why it is really good to get involved at conferences and in Facebook groups, because you're making that personal connection, you know, and then you're taking some of kind of the cold call out of it because so many Many people hate the idea of reaching out cold to somebody that they don't know. You're really stripping all of that away and building a relationship with someone. And when that relationship is built, it's so much easier to, you know, get them to support the cause that you have in your podcast and also for you to really feel a devotion to want to promote their product or service on your podcast as an advertiser. Sure. And it should be a win-win relationship based on what they need. I, I think that sometimes as a content creator, we look at only that side of things. But what about the win-win when we talk about what's in it for the company, for the... Uh Yeah, absolutely. Because they need that targeted audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and part of what, again, what is so powerful about the blogger and the podcaster is that you form a unique relationship with your listener. And I personally, I'm a very auditory um, learner, so I really love podcasts for that and I love um, audiobooks as well. I, I agree. I do too. Um, but it's really, you're developing an intimate relationship with that person because that person is speaking directly to you. In you our know? ear. In our ears. I'm in right. your ear. Right. Right. That's personal, man. It's personal. It is. Yeah, it is. And so people are much more likely to listen to the things that you have to say. You know, if you're reading in a newspaper and you see an ad, you're like, oh, yeah, isn't this fun? Or even if you're online and you see, you know, an ad, a banner ad of sorts that, that pops up. Yeah. Or even a Facebook sponsored ad. I mean, there is just not that relationship that's there. And so it's cold and it's annoying is absolutely. And, and really what has changed so dramatically about any sort of outreach or marketing effort in the last probably 10 years is that it used to be so much about outbound messaging. And the way I think about outbound messaging is you could think of somebody just standing on the street 
corner just yelling like, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. (laughs) Like really that's what advertising has been in the past. Like if you think about TV ads and radio ads and newspaper ads, they're just people that are, are out there shouting the loudest about buying something that they're selling and what is transitioned. And what I think is really very refreshing about the internet is that we are now seeking out the information that we want. We're seeking out the products that we're interested in. When we find a product that we're interested in, we're going to be doing the research. We're going to be looking into the product and then we're a much more active, engaged buyer. And, and that's transitioned so well into podcast and blog advertising because you, Michelle, are not going to have a product that you are endorsing on your podcast if you do not believe that it is really going to benefit your listener. Oh, absolutely and, not. Yeah. Right. And and so realistically, you, number one, are known for being an educator to your listeners. You bring them exciting products and um, content and ideas and guests. I mean, that's what you do. And when you bring them something that you're like, hey, this is so cool. You have to check this out. They're going to be so much more likely to actually check out that product because they trust who's telling them that information. And they have sought you out as a a podcaster. So they're going to follow that recommendation as opposed to, you know, someone who is just out there kind of shouting randomly on the internet. And that's where the power of, of the advertising comes in. And that's how it really is a win-win because you know, your listeners are benefiting from this product or service that's being offered. And you know, the company is benefiting from advertising on your show because they're getting the sales that they need to grow their company. You know, the other thing is, I mean, mostly people can reach us on the internet through Twitter, through Instagram, from Mm -hmm. Facebook messaging, from email. So they're going to let you know, you know, if there's something that you promoted that they didn't like. So it would behoove everyone to choose the products and services that you can get behind personally so that we maintain that good relationship and confidence with the people that we have grown, that we have this, it really, it's a relationship. Absolutely, it is a relationship. And I, a lot of times we feel like it's not as close a relationship because it is online or through the internet. But I mean, it's not. It's a, a very, very strong relationship. So when it's a win-win, I'm trying to understand the other side of this. So I approach a business And I want them to sponsor my blog or podcast. Mm -hmm. And then the other things that are in it for them. And then how do we show them? For example, when I was in engineering, deliverables were a big deal. So for example, if I worked at a company that made, you know, electrical equipment or engineering equipment, sometimes I would place it in a school like in Silicon Valley and the product would be placed in the school and the deliverables, the company would give it freely comma. However, they wanted deliverables. They wanted their brand in the curriculum. They wanted to know that this was being used. They wanted photos of the article in the student newspaper or the university newspaper that showed the students learning or competing or developing curriculum, including their equipment. And so these deliverables, the whole idea was that this was a very clear 
way for the company to be able to continue to give free equipment. And this equipment wasn't inexpensive. This is very, very expensive equipment to universities and schools and build that relationship. But deliverables had to be tracked. So what would delivery and deliverables be in this in this relationship? Well, so number one, um, the key is always the relationship. So keeping the lines of communication open with your advertiser is is number one. You the the biggest mistake that people in advertising make, I believe, is that they sign up a company to advertise with them and they do not speak with them again. And that, in my opinion, is just the kiss of death. If if you've gotten somebody's check and now you're running their ads, but you're not engaged actively with that person, the relationship has ended. And what basically they feel is that they're throwing their money into this dark pit and they aren't sure really what they're getting out of it. Um, One of my very favorite quotes in marketing is that I know that 20% of my advertising is working. I'm just not sure which 20%. And when you're talking to somebody that either owns a company or someone who is in the marketing department for a large corporation, they have that experience. They know that some of their advertising and marketing is really doing powerful things for them, but they aren't always sure which parts of their marketing or advertising are doing great things for them. So it is so crucial that you as the podcaster or blogger are constantly reminding them how wonderful their presence is on your program and how beneficial it is to them. So part of how we communicate that message is number one, making sure that the lines of communication are open, that you are sending in regular emails to them, that you're giving them a call um, at least, you know, once a month and, and saying, Hey, just wanted to check in with you and um, let you know that these are the things that are happening on the podcast or with my blog and We're so glad that you're a part of it. Um, And then actually sending them tangible things is also really important. Sending them a list of, hey, here's all of the, you know, the the blog blog posts that we did. And here is exactly where you were mentioned. Um, Here's a list of all the podcasts that aired. And these are the the ads that you got. And having something, and it, it could be. Um, a digital version, but something that they can tangibly look at. And you kind of hit the the nail on the head, you know, again, Michelle, when you're talking about if you bring a big, uh, an item to a university or a school, the company that is providing that item wants to see proof that it's actually being used. And, you know, do we know for sure, a hundred percent sure that by someone advertising on your podcast or your blog, that they're going to get a lot of business? No, of course not. We have no guarantee that an advertiser is going to get wonderful results. But if you get thanks or comments, you could screen capture that Mm -hmm. and turn that in as part of a report. There are things that could be done. Absolutely. There are things. And, and because results of course always matter and that's what we're looking for. We want to provide them with that information, but a big part of what happens in any sort of marketing is a process of creating awareness. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create awareness around that product or service for that company. And that, you know, may result in a sale tomorrow, or it may result in a sale next year. And what we want to do is make sure the advertiser realize that realizes that we're helping them create a bigger brand for, um, for their company, that we are promoting their products and services, and that we are really getting their message out there in the best way possible to extend their, you know, basically their umbrella to extend their reach, which is what they're trying to do. And a lot of times it is much better to speak 
in those terms instead of in concrete numbers, because we don't know for sure that you're going to get 10, you know, new customers this month for advertise from advertising on a podcast or a blog. But we do know for sure that what you're going to get is you're going to get greater awareness about what your mission is as a company, because we're as podcasters communicating that message for you. Sure. And we have ways of pulling reporting that does give us some demographics. So that can be qualified mm-hmm. for the companies that we engage in these relationships with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one caveat that I would put in there is that if you are a smaller podcaster or a, um, a smaller blogger and you don't have a ton of numbers, I think a lot of times people really shy away from um, you know, getting those advertisers because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough downloads or I don't have enough page views or right. And CNN. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Which is just totally not true. Um, because of who it is that we're speaking to, because we're talking to such a targeted audience, we really don't have to have huge numbers. So sometimes it's important to shy away from the numbers because if you, One of my very favorite examples of this is when I was in trade show production, I handled all of the marketing for our events and we decided to do a big online campaign with one of the local newspapers. And at the end of it, and I think we spent like $3,000 for this um, online campaign. And she came over and she's like, I've got the reports from, you know, your online campaign and we got 10 click throughs. And I about screamed. I was like, what? We spent $3,000 and we got 10 click-throughs. And she was hilarious because she was putting on her best like sales face about, wasn't that so great that we got 10 click-throughs? And I was mortified. I was like, no, I wanted 3,000 click-throughs, not 10, you know? Yeah, because you're trying to monetize it on clicks per per penny or, yeah, Yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to be careful sometimes with the information that you provide your advertiser you don't want to get them, you don't want to hand them information that is going to make them feel like they're not getting the exposure that you want. So we just want to make sure that a lot of times with podcasts and with blogs, it's not about quantity, but quality. And so we really and want name to recognition, brand recognition, exposure to a particular audience that maybe they can't reach or maybe a different demographic within that audience. Right. You know, again, like now everybody has a cell phone. So maybe before you were selling to, you know, like you were talking about your drink example, people who made drinks, but they went to a restaurant. Now you have people who, you know, are using Uber because they have a phone and they want to go out. And so, again, it's a different market, a different audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit more tech audience, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So your website is true native media and the link will be in the show notes, of course. And you also have a podcast. Would you like to talk about that? I do. Yeah. So I have a huge passion for podcasting and absolutely love it, but I also have owned several businesses. And so just entrepreneurship and business ownership um, is something that's so near and dear to my heart. I have a company called Leap to Grow, where I have um, a podcast where I talk about business ownership and give you, you know, some insights based on the experience that I have had um, owning both brick and mortar businesses as well as online companies. If you're somebody 
somebody who's either thinking about starting a company or if you um, have a business and you're just frustrated that you're maybe not making any money in it, which happens very frequently, and I think a lot of business owners feel alone in that, then you can reach out to me and we can talk about how we can get your company to actually be in a place where you're making money and um, are able to do the things that you love to do. Okay, and Heather's website, I'm going to spell it out for you. True Native Media, T-R-U-E. N-A-T-I-V-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com. All right, I am ready to go build persistent relationships with all kinds of people that can totally benefit from not knowing me. Not in, a, not in a self-serving sense, but again, in a relationship sense, because I do think that it's important to remember that we know what we're doing, but we have to remember that what we're doing can benefit a lot of different people. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I really want to thank you for coming on and reminding us of that and about the, you know, being uncomfortable, not always being comfortable, being persistent, mm-hmm. delivering. Everybody can find you at your website. Thanks so much, Heather. Thank you, Michelle. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Find us at M-I-C-H-E-L-E, thetrainer.com. Read Michelle's blog posts at engineeringwellness.com. At M-I-C-H-E-L-E, trainer on Twitter. 